0: Archons. Welcome to Sanctimonious, a Keyforge podcast where two zealous Keyforge players discuss various topics regarding combat within the
1: Crucible. Stand at attention and salute your hosts, Sir Jake, Sir Alex, and Sir Dan.
2: Welcome back to another episode of Sanctimonious. This is your co-host Jake, joined by my two amazing co-hosts. Alex and Dan, how are y'all both doing this afternoon? Good.
0: <laughs> feeling good, feeling mutated. I touched some kind of weird amber
2: and now now I don't know what's going to happen. So dark. Well, clearly the Archon voice was not with us last episode in all of its full glory, uh, so it's making its presence known early and often. I have returned. Which is, of course, exactly what all of our <laughs> listeners want and crave. So, welcome back, Archon Voice. Not
1: only have I returned, Sanctum has returned in its glory. More on that later.
2: That is a good transition to what we're going into today. We just finished watching the new set announcement video. So, the main topic will be our reactions to that in this very spoiler filled episode. But before that, we're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, tournament I recently went to, which was a prime in the St. Louis area.
0: What kind of format was it, Jake?
2: Yeah, so it was a uh, sealed. You open three decks and pick one. And I've sort of got what I'd always, always hoped for in these, which is one clearly strong deck and two clearly less strong decks. So for the first time ever in, a, in one of these events, I wasn't like stressing down to the last possible second, trying to make like a very nuanced choice between two decks I thought were even. The deck I got was really pretty insane. It was called Zebulon, the something of something, something. And, <laughs> and the highlights was it had double tribute exile and double Infernus Hysteria. Yes. And uh, there, there's a Star Alliance along with it that was okay, but maybe not super great. The, I guess, weakness of the deck was that it had pretty small creature count. I think there were only three or four Saurian creatures, uh, which is a little bit of a challenge against you know people who are going to build up a big board But the Hysteria really came in clutch for keeping that under control uh, throughout the Swiss portion. So we're not going to talk a whole lot about this. But if you guys don't mind, I I wanted to share at least a couple quick anecdotes from some of the more interesting games. Oh, yeah, please. Okay, so in the first round, I played against Scott Coons, a really cool uh, local player. It was a very close game. Uh, There was one weird moment that happened that... I ended my turn and there was one of Scott's Amber that was just like in the middle of the table, kind of like an Amber token. And I was like, "What? what's that doing there? And he's like, Oh, it's like an Amber. It must be supposed to be on my Archon card. And I was like, well, maybe it's supposed to be in your <laughs> pile of yeah. Amber. That's not on the Archon card. And then neither of us really knew where it came from. Uh he seemed he was like very seemed pretty strongly felt that it should be on his Archon card and I ultimately relented. I was like pretty far up in the game, but it did mean he was able to like forge a key that turn when I had counted nine amber on a tribute turn, so I was like
0: Yeah, I'm good. I took him off check.
2: <laughs> so that's kind of like weird, but ended up not impacting the result of the game. Uh so Scott, if you listening to this, and I was a dick in that situation, I just wanted to apologize. I don't know. Uh, we probably should have just called over a judge to resolve it, but it ended up being okay. So I think we were still friends afterwards.
1: Good. 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 Yeah.
2: That was pretty much the only weird interaction I had the whole day. All, everything else was smooth sailing. In, in round two, this was probably my favorite game of the whole tournament. So my opponent played Stone on his very first turn of the game and so you know just instantly it just re you know you have to reevaluate everything that you're gonna do and I kind of panicked for a second thinking like uh-oh like is his game plan literally just gonna be to like discard all his creatures and play amber because I don't know if I can beat that <laughs> uh, but what ended up transpiring was like a really interesting game like where Quixelstone totally changed the texture and the decision space, you know, we were both discarding creatures, playing a few key creatures here and there. It was a really fun challenge to navigate. Uh, and it was really close. The pivotal moment was I had uh, played tribute uh, and captured five Amber on my uh, Gargantodon that had, shoot, I'm blanking on it, uh, in, uh, the Scudum or Scudum card uh, on it. And, and then I drew Exile into my hand. So I know Hysteria is coming up in my deck at some point. So I had to like evaluate like whether it makes sense to exile that, like hold exile, do I discard it? Like what do I do? And I ultimately decided to take the line of holding on to Exile in my hand until Hysteria came up. And when it did, so I exiled my creature and he based my opponent uh who was not on Saurian had basically one turn to get out of that situation. Um, but it was you know, it's sealed, so he doesn't necessarily know I have hysteria coming up, but, you know, he could have probably inferred that based on like me exiling the creature that has the Imperial scutum on it. And he thought in the tank for a really long time he had a couple of ways. Like he could have just called uh, Sorry, to attack into something to get rid of the creature or I think there might have been another another way or two where he could have you know avoided that chain of events but he ultimately didn't predict that I would have the Hysteria in tan, and I was able to play it and get all that sweet sweet glorious amber back that was like just enough to propel me to the victory feels feels really good it felt really good and it was it was one of those fun moments where you know like I know I have this like master plan and and I was playing towards it and it got to come to fruition. But like that turn where I just have to wait and like, you know, you're just sitting there and you're just like actively trying to look innocent. Yeah, I'm not doing anything. Right. Like, am I supposed to be like looking at my hand? Do I just like (laughs) set my hand down? Uh, You know, just like don't want to make eye contact with my opponent. (laughs) You could start the trend of uh, Keyforge players wearing dark sunglasses. Right. That's what I should have done. I'll only, I'll just bring them in my pocket and only put them on when I'm up to something.
0: But then it always, it always signals. You, we know he's uh, up to something
2: because he always puts on his sunglasses. <laughs> it's a fatal flaw, but that'd be also like a hilarious player trait. I might have to pick that up. The I mean, not
1: like, so subtle poker face. Engaged poker face.
2: But then, you know, you can metagame it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> People
0: know <laughs> I put on the glasses. <laughs>
2: So anyway, that was really cool. It was like a fun moment. The And then the other kind of interesting moment that came up that I want to talk about was the very next round. So I'm 2-0. I mean, my deck is clearly powerful. I feel really good about my chances of making top eight. And I get off to a really quick start. And I'm basically just completely dominating the game. Two keys to zero. Um, and my opponent plays Snag's Mirror. oh you see where this is going uh, already, but that's that's the card that says, uh, I have the text right here, after a player chooses an active house, their opponent cannot choose the same house as their active house on the next turn. So I look down at my hand, and I have, I have three discards and three Sarian cards. And my opponent has like three disc creatures on the board. So I think I'm being quite clever to called dist so that he won't be able to use his board and i'll you know hopefully play the next cards next time so i play the disc hand my opponent plays like five sarian creatures i draw my next three cards all sarian and i never play another card for the rest of the game it's yeah. <laughs> brutal it's just like it was just so fast and and it also made me feel really dumb because if i had I think I just got so comfortable in the game that I didn't take time to fully process, uh, you know, how quickly things could change. But certainly if I had, you know, gone through my opponent's discard and counted the number of cards, it probably could have been clear to me that, oh, there's like a very high likelihood that he's holding many Sarian cards in his hand right now, of which he, he literally had six, he told me after the game. So like if I had just played sorry in that turn, then he would have never played another card for the rest of the game. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh. And his deck was like not that good. And then afterwards we we're talking about he's like, that's exactly how all through all of my games have gone so far. So he's three he's playing Sealed and he's three and oh, locking out three people with Snag's Mirror. It's like, what the heck is the chances of that?
0: That's crazy. Man, Snag's Mirror is an interesting card.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting card. I mean, it, it kind of brings up like a bigger question about like lockouts it's super not fun to be on the opposing side of a lockout it's all it's clearly something that it seems to happen to me all the time so i need to be more cautious playing around these cards yeah you have a you have a you have a habit of getting locked out in like
0: finals games right,
2: exactly <laughs> i'm always surprised in Keyforge how quickly you can just be locked out but anyway i ended up winning the next two rounds i played against Aileen from our Discord. That was awesome. She took knocked me out of the last prime. She's
1: like your, your like final boss in every one of these primes, huh?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so that was actually my fourth round. And then in round five, I played an opponent who had a very similar deck to mine, except for uh, he had Robnar in his deck. So it was kind of just outclassed. So it was infinitely worse. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but... So it was very cool. I I made it to Tave. Sadly, I lost the first round to the other Jake in our Keyforge scene, uh, who's a really good player, and I think I I got a little bit lucky to avoid the decks that just kind of dump a ton of creatures on the board and are like, can you deal with this? Because that's exactly what happened. Uh, My Hysteria came up too early, or I, I played it too early, thinking that I was getting a lot of good value out of it, and If I had maybe held it for a couple more turns, it would have gotten a lot more value, and maybe I could have hung around the game longer.
0: It's hard to know that in Sealed, though. Like, you know, it's like, usually in Sealed, the best thing is just like, well, it's best, this is just gonna, I'm just gonna rip this, because are they really gonna play that many more creatures?
2: Yeah, right, exactly. So sadly, I lost. Had I got it, it might have been almost like a guaranteed uh, invitation to Worlds, because The two players in the. So Jake was playing against uh, another guy named Josh, who has already signed up to ref or to be a, a judge at Worlds. So I think for that reason, he was ineligible or said he was going to like concede his invitation if he won. And then the other two people were John Claude, who's number like 16 on the leaderboard. And then another guy, Andy Newman, who's like. 40 something on the leaderboard so almost certainly neither of them are going to get knocked out so i think that my opponent although he didn't win the event uh the the jake who knocked me out i think he will end up getting the uh invitation after it's passed down so it's just interesting uh, and also kind of shows the power level of the people in attendance missed it by that much Jake. I know, I know. Now now, how
0: will you ever go to Worlds?
2: Yeah, I think there's a very good chance that I'll be competing. I don't I don't know if it's like 150% solidified, so I, I better not announce it here yet, at least without talking to my potential teammates first. Um, but I'm, I'm certainly planning to be there as of now. So anyway, that was my Primes event. Thank you for indulging me. It was a lot of fun. And it was also the first time I had played uh, in real life Keyforge since the last Prime event, which went much worse for me. Uh, so it's good to kinda of get back on that horse and, and I had a great time playing against a ton of fun opponents.
1: Sanctimonious, the podcast where the podcasters only play in primes. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: it's kind of true no. Oh, it's very true for me. That's my last two well, the sealed all the sealed releases for Worlds Collides. I hit those, but that was because they were on the same weekend as the uh those the primes. But yeah, congratulations. We all three have the sweet Grim Reaper mats that will never get used because our ceremonious maps are so much cooler on gaming get yours today (laughs)
2: Let's, let's let's talk about what the people really care about and that is the main topic this week what are we talking about? Mass mutation. Bum, bum,
1: bum. Yeah, that thing. That thing that's coming out in May, end of May. No specific date, but end of May, not in time for Worlds.
2: Is that what they said? Yeah, in
0: classic Keyforge fashion, there is no <laughs> exact date of anything.
1: And you didn't try to line it up in, you know, time for like the Worlds event where people could play with it at Worlds when you have like maybe a thousand people in attendance. That's probably that's probably for the best
0: though honestly cuz it's always hard when a ma- like you have a major event and then a new set releases right like nobody has time to know anything about it so I don't I mean if I were playing Worlds I wouldn't necessarily be upset that I couldn't play Mass Mutation I mean they
1: couldn't have it not be a part of the format but
0: still have it there they could do side events still you just I think their rulings are just you can't have it at the premium level but a side event wouldn't be considered that right
1: yeah, well, premium Archon events, so sealed events you can do within the 11-day window, since that puts everybody in the same pudding, but it's just Archon.
0: Now, that would that would be really cool, is if that world, Worlds was, like, the first place you could play a sealed event of Mass Mutation.
2: I feel like that's gonna happen. I'll go down a record with saying, like, I bet we'll be able to play sealed Mass Mutation at Worlds. <laughs> AKA,
1: FFG, listen to this, make some sealed events, <laughs> yeah. and watch
0: fire, like, 300 people. Make me and Dan cry because we can't be there.
2: Uh, Well, you can be there in virtually via the streams that FFG will hopefully really put a lot of effort into making fantastic.
0: Now, if you're listening to anything in the podcast, (laughs) listen to
2: that. (laughs) Okay, so... Let's, let's talk about what we just learned. So we all, this, we're recording this just a couple hours after the FFG livestream where they officially announced Mass Mutation and we got some pretty juicy little bits of insight. Why don't we talk first about the houses that'll be present in this new set.
1: Sanctum is back. Brognar is gone. Thank goodness. You know, we don't miss you, Brobnar, already. <laughs> you briefly shined during AOA where you actually had like the not combo and it was really yeah. fun. I mean Brobnar was good in Kodo. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah, I mean it was okay. And it was just I mean, um we our beautiful chart and stat makers in the Discord released a chart of power level four decks and Brobnar is like eighteen percent of all power four. <laughs> <laughs> world collides deck and it's like at least 20% below any other house like shadows and untamed are also vying for those bottom spots Yeah, worlds collide with uh, I think it was Saurians wasn't there on top
2: thematically like Brobnar I like you know but mechanically they're doing the least interesting things across all sets
0: yeah pretty much
2: <laughs> no I agree I mean like I hope they do come back but I just think they maybe need a little bit of time in the cooker to to think about like, okay, well, how can we use these big brawling dudes in a way that is fun to play with and like provides a richer texture to the state of Keyforge.
0: Yeah. They definitely they definitely don't have fight effects figured out, like what they want to I don't I, I, I keep I keep thinking that they don't know what they want to do with fight. Like, I think they're. I think that design-wise, they seem afraid of making fight too strong. I think that they don't like non-conditional big creatures.
1: Yeah, but then you look at a lot of the uh, Saurian yeah. creatures, and they are pretty powerful, and a lot of them have some nice fight effects as well that are actually, like, good fight effects.
2: Let's just say really quick, I mean, if, if you haven't watched the announcement, the other houses are going to be the same as World's Glide. So Star Alliance and Sarian are back. Yeah. And then Dis, yeah. Untamed, Shadows, uh, Logos all back. So the only change there is is we're getting the glorious, glorious house Sanctum back in place of Brobnar. So already probably the best set ever. <laughs> Speaking of Time in the Cooker, like maybe they did kind of reconfigure what they want Sanctum to do in, in the... In the game we don't have much information on that, but I saw people pointing out that they're supposed to be fightier and smaller creatures, maybe just to distinct make themselves more distinct from what Saurian's doing.
1: That makes sense, especially with uh, um, spoiler alert incoming. We saw one sanctum card, a mutated bulwark who is now Bull Wark, who uh, is still has his power of giving his neighbors two armor, he's still a four two. And in addition, now he's Assault too. How sweet Mm. is that? Nice ward, bro. Yeah. Ping!
0: And then Sanctum's also seeming like they're getting... um, There's a lot of mutations happening, obviously, in Mass Mutation. And there's a new mutant keyword uh, as a trait for creatures. uh, And I'm assuming artifacts, possibly. Um, And so the Sanctum have a lot of theming around being uh, anti-mutation. Um, There was, I don't know if you guys saw this in the article, there was a couple uh, Sanctum cards spoiled. Uh, There's a Sanctum creature, 4 strength, Ardent Hero with Taunt. Um, Ardent Hero cannot deal damage, cannot be dealt damage by mutant creatures or creatures with power 5 and higher. Um, And then there's also a Sanctum action. uh, Gizzleheart's Wrath uh, gains you an Amber.
2: Uh, It's action play, destroy each mutant creature. I have a problem with this. Uh, So I guess we should say like, this is totally shooting from the hip. We don't know what percentage of the Sanctum cards are going to be related to this, but it just seems like on its surface, if a big part of Sanctum in this set is to deal with mutants, then they're not going to be particularly well placed to deal with threats from any of the other sets. I don't know in a game where theoretically like having the all decks viable against all decks, like having these like position, like, you know, very set specific interactions. It just seems like underwhelming to me as a concept. I don't know. What do you guys think about that?
0: Yeah. As far as, no, as far as mechanically, how do I feel about it? Um, I actually feel kind of okay with, with some hopes is what I'll say. So if, they continue the mutant trait forward, that's kind of fine, right? Like, because there's cards from, you know, like, well, unfortunately, so uh, there's cards that like just target certain houses. I'm thinking about like, take that smarty pants or, um, uh, what's the, what's the sanctum one that targets a dis too? Um, Be be gone, be gone. Yeah, so, I mean, they've kind of toyed around with this idea a little bit before. Um, it's a little bit more specific in this case. Um, at least that taunter guy has the ability to block five strength creature. Like, he can't be hit by five strength creatures as well as mutants. Um, so, there's, they're kind of, it seems like maybe some of them will have, like, a little bit of duality. But, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of tending to agree with you, Jake. It does feel a little bit.
2: Breaking news! I have the list of mutants,
1: thanks to good ol' Sir Box-a-Lot here, and all of our Discord goodness. Uh, so there's not many, but there's Desenia as a mutant, Hapsis, Jargoggle, Mimic Gel, Neutron Shark, Project ZYX, Replicator, Research Smoko, Rogue Ogre, and Skippy Time Timehog. That's more than I thought.
0: Yeah, that's more than I would have guessed. That's probably about the amount of, like, cards that target right. specific traits, that's probably about the amount that you would hit with any of those cards.
1: Uh, I mean, giant's going to be ridiculous. Like
0: Giant's Bane is... Dinosaur Bane is probably one of the better ones.
1: Dinosaur. Yeah, like, I, I think there's ones that'll hit more, but yeah, it does hit stuff from the old set. Um, if you ever want to be on our Discord and do this handy trait search, it's just uh, exclamation point trait, and then whatever trait you want, space trait. So that was exclamation point trait, space mutant.
2: I want to follow up really quick on what Alex was talking about with being able to block like five power and, or a mutant or or whatever it was. I think that is definitely the better way to do these house specific things. I think uh, the Guji dinosaur hunter is another great example of that, which does two damage to a creature or six instead, if it's a dinosaur or has Amber on it. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's ways to like, Maybe it's rare that it comes up, but at least, like, it could do something in, in situations without uh, that specific house or creature type being present compared to, like, where we were at with Coda, where it's just, like, straight up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. So that's kind of that. How about the only new mechanic that's coming in that's... Well, no. we got to talk about Radpenny. How cool is Radpenny? It's so sweet. So Dark Amber is a thing. People have grabbed grabbed Dark amber, so that mutated some of the cards. That's how these cards have changed. So Bad Penny is gone. Rad Penny is in. Rad Penny. One power. Shadows creature still. Mutant Thief. Play. Steal one Amber. Play. Steal one Amber. It's an urchin. How good is that? No wait. It gets better. Destroyed. Shuffle Rad Penny into your deck. It doesn't come back to hand anymore, but it goes back in your deck let's just keep playing rad penny all the time. And just going, yeah, I play rad penny. <laughs> I think how you have to play it in order to get the steal.
2: Yeah. I, I think that card is sweet. And let me just say like, so rad, like bad Penny's out. Brobnar's out. Say no more fam. Like, yeah. me on All this. Set. We're living in the best timeline.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Uh, our best key forge lives.
0: I just, I just want all the pennies now. Though I want a glad penny, I want a sad penny.
1: Wait, here, here's a question: If you combine rad penny with bad penny, does that give you a Brad penny?
0: If I had a drum set, I would, I would do it <laughs> here.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: so let's, yeah, let's get on to it. So the most exciting thing, I think, uh, if, in my opinion, at least, is the new mechanic. Do you want to tell us how that works?
1: Enhance. Uh, yeah, so enhance is a. I'm trying to look for their official official play here. Essentially, enhance simply adds bonus icons to cards in your deck. Up to this point, the only bonus icon has been amber, which lets you gain an amber when a card with this is played. Mass mutation, however, introduces three additional bonus icons alongside the enhance keyword. The capture bonus icon lets any friendly creature capture one amber. Damage bonus icon lets you deal 1 damage to a creature in play. And the draw bonus icon lets you draw a card. So yeah, they gave a couple of examples of enhanced creatures. So a Star Alliance creature, 4 power, no armor, alien, Armory Officer Nell, enhance, plus draw. So after an upgrade enters play, draw a card. So he gives one other card in your deck the ability that when it's played, you get to draw a card, just for playing it. It's super cool. I'm liking this so much. It's gonna make every deck that much more unique because you're gonna have cards like, I don't know. let's just take an old card. I, I don't even know how you talk about it. You're just like you, every deck's gonna be different. with these enhanced cards, you're gonna have different enhanced cards. so we don't know which cards are in the set. but imagine like control of the week it's like two more bonus amber or something. So, you have like a three Amber. play Control of the Week, gained three Amber. You
2: have a sick mind. That's where you went first. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, that's where you right. went first. I'm like, Control of the Week would look pretty good with a few that's more Amber definitely the because- worst timeline. <laughs> yeah, <I don't- laughs> a second. And I don't think CTW is coming back. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, there's just some cool cards. People were saying Doorstep to Heaven, you get a couple additional Amber, which could be good or bad. But, so Amber, Capture, Damage, or Draw. Like, Damage, okay. Damage is fine. I'm probably more more excited about the enhanced amber or enhanced draw like
2: so they could all go on any card
0: yes 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 and uh to a limitation of five icons per card so an icon cannot physically have more than five cards or
2: five icons rather that is so sick like now so like now it'll be I think that honestly, maybe not, but I wonder if this could open up even something more in the secondary market where it's like, not only could you potentially have the best deck, but you could have a separate category where it's just like, this is the single best card that exists in (laughs) Keyboard. It's a lateral (laughs) shift that like draws a card and, you know, gains an extra Amber or something. You know what I mean? Two charge
1: with three Amber built in.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, that's so cool. Just to like think of the possibilities
0: yeah they did say that the amber icon is slightly more rare than the other three um but that it still a possibility of getting you know a D- dust pixie or a virtuous works or pl- something even better than those things
2: wait what do you mean the amber Oh, God's more rare. Okay, does that mean that... Let me let me ask a question, because I actually didn't. I lied. I didn't actually watch it. I was just following <laughs> along on updates, people posting news in our Discord. So, that card that the armor guy you talked about earlier that gives plus one draw. Is that... Is that-
1: so, my understanding is the card itself is going to have a standard. So, like, I think they had... God, I can't remember. They had a disc guy that I think passed out a three damage enhance. Yeah, right. So like one other card in your deck you play it and you get to deal 3 damage.
2: Okay, that wouldn't be like three different cards get one damage each? It I don't could think so. Be.
1: No, it could is be. It?
0: Oh. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he can assign out those those damage icons on him on himself uh anywhere. So he has 3 because uh I, I have the card pulled up. His name is Historicog. He's a 4 strength this mutant. Uh he has enhanced three damage um those he has three enhanced damage icons and as this is as I'm understanding it which I'm totally it's totally possible I'm wrong too um, but as I'm understanding it each one of those damage icons could be put on another card in your deck including himself
2: so do we know that that card will always give out
0: damage icon I think so yes I think that the icons are set
2: so when they say there's fewer amber now we're going all the way back. They just mean that yeah, there's less yeah, cards yeah. that give out amber pips, probably.
0: Pro- probably so. Yes, <laughs> okay. that's as I understood what the what he was saying.
2: Okay, we can. You know what? And this is all, like I said, shooting from the hip. So we could be wrong <laughs> on this. We'll, we'll be sure to issue retractions in a future episode. We're wrong, but I think this is like leaning into the best things about Keyforge.
1: Yeah, the unique random nature of the deck that you're going to open. Like your deck is truly your deck. It is like no other. It might have some similarities, but this is even making a wider gap into the just yeah. <laughs> the permutations, like mutating your own cards within your deck to have different things, like that's just it's super cool.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, and this is what um, when when we talk about doing procedurally generated cards, I think that this is where they were always going. Um, I feel like with. The 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 bruise and sort of the some of the other procedural the bane's the, those kind of cards that were in um, that were in worlds collide. I feel like they just hadn't figured out how to make this happen physically yet. Like how how to actually make these cards because I feel like that's what they wanted with procedural generated cards. But I feel like this is a lot better way of doing it.
1: <laughs>
2: Right. Yeah, it, that I think that was like the test run in World's Glide, right? They didn't want to go overboard and they're like, "Okay, that worked. You know, they got data back from it and now we're seeing the next step." And I think so it's exciting from that standpoint. Like, you know, once again, we're seeing something new and innovative that literally you can't do in any other game. We're we're watching the designers grow and like f- flesh out this space, which is so rich uh for this kind of creativity and discovery. And I think there's a lot more that they could do, right? I don't think this is yeah. the limit for what Oh no, procedural generation could mean for for cards. Key
0: and this is and this is why we. I mean, this is why I play KeyForge. This like this stuff is like. And Brad said this in the stream, and I really appreciated it. It's like there's just design space to explore that no other game can do because of the way that they create decks, because of the process um, that decks are. You know you know, the furnace that they're put through to be created, it just allows a lot of um, just kind of craziness outside the box thinking that has never really been d- done before in c- a card game, and I just think it's it's really cool.
1: And we also got a new verb from Brad, key forgery. The key forgery <laughs> I
2: think one thing that, this is maybe a hot take, but, like, I think one thing that makes it so awesome is that it is a physical game. Like, if, if I, obviously we all want the digital implementation of Keyforge, i want it just as bad as anyone else please but this would not be as exciting if like hearthstone was like oh by the way like this card could be x x or y because it's like a digital game right like we're used to digital game budging around with stats changing stats um i mean not maybe not necessarily in a card game like this doesn't take away how innovative but like in a you know an rpg like things change and adjust based on your level well you know what i mean like there's something going on underneath the hood of the game that we don't always see uh and now that's happening here in like a physical card game which i think is like you know like i don't think it would have the same impact you know if hearthstone was the one that was coming up with this stuff but it's like no no i'm gonna have this in person like That is pretty special. Yeah, I
0: I agree with you, Jake. I mean, it is cool. It is cool that it's a physical. I mean, that this is being done not in a digital card game because, like you said, this wouldn't be in a digital card game. This is something that would be fairly easy to implement, but in a physical product becomes like the the, you know just the just thinking about the mind space of like having to design this is kind of mentally taxing to me to like think about how they put this all together and how it all is happening somewhere in the ethos.
2: you know decks are being designed by uh skynet i'm uh i'm personally designing a game a nine card card game for the board game geek competition like just for fun actually doing that and sitting down to it gives me so much more i'm just so so much more wowed by this right like i've got like nine cards I'm like but if i change that i have to change this other thing over here which means i have to change that and then like my brain just fries like that's as far as i can get
1: and you set this four hundred and twenty two cards.
2: Right, exactly. Of four hundred and twenty two cards that could actually be infinite permeations, like, holy cow.
1: Where Brad also said that they typically on a uh, Call of Discovery he had a nice interview there with Ed. Good job, Ed. That was very very well done. Really enjoyed listening to that where uh yeah, he said they like designed six hundred cards and then pair it down. <laughs> to- to make the new sets, so they start with like a couple hundred that just don't make it into the set that, you know, probably stay in the tank for maybe a future set, but
2: yeah, crazy. Yeah. So much respect for yeah. the designers. Oh, absolutely.
1: Speaking of designs cards, how about the uh, next kind of announcement? The gigantic creatures. Oh, yeah. So this, they showed off on the stream, they showed off a Sarian creature. It is called Ducilius. Um, it's super silly. It is a ginormous T-Rex. Uh, there's, there, is no, there is no Roman art about this guy. He's just a giant T-Rex wrecking a city. And what's super unique about this card is it's two cards. Um, so yeah, there's two parts to him. So you have to have both parts before you can play him in hand or in archive or whatever. Like When he comes onto the table, you have to be able to play both halves of him. If you do manage to pull that off... He's a 20-power, no-armor mutant. Um, play, capture all of your opponent's amber, deal 5 damage to an enemy creature, and then he has a fight reap ability to move 1 amber from Vesilius to the common supply, and then deals 2 damage to each enemy creature. Goodness. Oh, <laughs> uh, this guy's silly. But again, like you have to be able to play both halves. People were asking in the um, stream... Whether or not like regrowth would bring back both halves, or like arise would bring back both halves, and the early ruling based off of the stream is no, it's only going to bring back one half of them. So it's not like something you can discard and then easily bring back later when you need it. So there is kind of a setup cost to maybe chaining yourself or finding a way to just
2: archive the one half till you find the other half. That... And when
1: it's on the tape, it's only one card. It's not two cards.
2: That's whack. I, I wish it was. I wish it was regrowthable, because then like it would almost create like a whole new archetype of deck.
1: Yeah, yeah, like playing a uh, dredge.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like that would be sick. Yeah, uh, and I think without that, instead of MTG dredge, which I hold in high esteem, <laughs> I'd get kind of like Exodia vibes from Yu Gi Oh or whatever, where it's like I have to assemble all the pieces to win the game. Yeah, which is maybe not totally fair, but I don't know. I I guess my initial reaction to this is neat, but I don't know if I love it from like the the competitive gamer side yeah. of me. Yeah,
1: no, it's so it's a rare special. Is um, what it's listed at. This one's card number two forty four with a rare and special denotation, respectively. So you probably want to see them. I I kind of imagine these might be like the leaders. Like each house might have one. That'd be cool. That would kind of be my thought, is that each house has one. But yeah, unless you have, like, if you have archiving or some way, you know, just, like, archiving is going to be great for these guys. If you have these guys in a deck with some archiving, that'll be super solid, so you can just throw them in archives. But a lot of times, yeah, you might just be pitching one half of it just to not chain yourself by holding a card you can't play.
0: They did say there there was something that was going to let you fetch a piece of him.
1: Ooh, I missed that part.
0: Yeah, he, he very like just kind of mentioned it in passing. So that that helps, but I, I think I'm with you, Jake. I'm like I look at this big twenty strength guy, and A I say, uh move over uh whatever that what's the dragon? Kelfi Dragon? Yeah, Kelfie. yeah, Kelfi Dragon.
2: I just lost a double Kelfi Dragon deck last night on the Crucible Online. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh so anyways, like, you know, you look at him and it's like He's like a super huge dude. He's got a really cool effect, but I'm like, man, there's so many instant, instant kills that you're gonna spend all this time getting him out, and then he's just gonna immediately get removed by like hand
2: a disc or like you know some some such like that. Um, How devastating yeah. is bounce? So you just like bounce, and now it's like a worthless card in your hand.
1: You know, like he bounce, it bounces the yes. entire thing back to you. yeah
2: oh uh,
1: because it's one creature on the board so if you bounce right. like this area is like yes please.
2: gotcha okay okay That's not a, i still think like you're totally right alex like it's not good enough like i think that the payoff is not good enough on this card for the setup and if there's a fetch in there then that's like three cards of your lineup that are dedicated to this thing which seems like a huge opportunity cost
1: yeah, we'll see. Like, I'm not ready to like, completely write him off. Like, I'm not like one that I'm just going to sit there and chain myself turn after turn, but I can definitely see in the right decks these guys. I mean, capture all of your opponent's amber. is good, yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> you're, you're checking 12. Okay, captured all of it on a 20-powered creature that you need to either have, like, you know, a removal spell, a board clear, and this is in House Saurian, so we can probably ward this guy.
2: Is exile coming back?
1: Yeah, I went back over to your opponent's side, and then, you know, Regrettable meteorium. <laughs> I mean, Six Semper hits this guy pretty hard.
0: And it's only a oh, five-card yeah, cool. combo. <laughs> 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 Jeez. It basically is Exodia at that point. It's
1: Exodia. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, there's... I'm not, you know... like I, I totally agree. Like, having to assemble two cards to play all-card, essentially... Is unfortunate, and again, like yeah, it is taking up two of your deck slots for House Sarian. Maybe three if it comes with a third card. I don't know. I don't know how that will work. That'd be two specials associated with one rare. That'd be a new thing for Keyforge. No, 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 no.
2: Ortana's binding works like that.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's got multiple specials. That's right. All right. But yeah, so I'm I'm expecting one per house. That would be my guess.
2: I bet you. Maybe it's only this guy. Maybe one more.
1: Uh, it says each of the gigantic creatures in Mass Mutation stretches across two cards. Okay. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be like a leader thing where each each one's going to have one.
2: How awesome that would it be, be if the Sanctum one is like a giant, like, ethereal spirit thing? That'd be tight. Voice of the Archon. Yeah, what if it's called Voice of the Archon? Voice of the Archon.
0: <laughs> I, will, I will lose it. I mean, I'll be so excited. <laughs>
2: Dan, have you been doing promo stuff with FFG without telling us?
1: I cannot say.
2: He's winking at me. You can't see it because it's a podcast, but...
1: You can't see it either. because I'm just the voice. <laughs> none, of us, none of us can
0: see it, but we know he's winking.
1: <laughs> All right. I think that's it for that. Um, like, the last little tease in the announcement in the article is, uh, if you thought Four Horsemen were impressive... Wait until you see the Seven Sins.
2: Oh, seriously? I didn't see that. What What do you think they're going to be?
1: I mean, I'm imagining it's going to be Sloth. You know, like, it, I don't know. Like, I don't know what house it comes in. Does it come across all three houses in your deck? Is it going to be just one house where your, you know, seven of your 12 cards of that house are the Seven Sins?
2: I bet it's, like,
0: I mean, I'm just excited. I'm excited for the Full Metal Alchemist tie-in that they're doing here.
1: But yeah, so seven sins. I would imagine it would be seven cards, and I just don't know. I you would think it would be dis. It sounds like dis.
0: It sounds like a dis thing for
1: sure. But is it actions in dis? Is it creatures? Probably, Probably creatures.
2: I could see it being sanctum, like kind of like you know the weird robotic. Like I mean, like I mean, like the the knights, right. the Horseman of pestilence, seems like it would be a discard too, right? I could see them as like some sort of like thing in that universe i was like the the ring wraiths or some something like that yeah i'm interested to see him.
1: that will be will be something i'm sure we're all pouring over
2: i'm sure i'll never <laughs> open one
1: all right so that's mass mutation anybody have anything final they want to really plug for mass mutation
2: oh yeah i do the boxes look super cool. Like, I love the art. Like, the bo- yeah, like, they're they black. Look- like, it looks different. It's intriguing. They knocked it out of the park. Good job to them on the graphic design front.
1: Oh, yeah, look at that. It does look completely different than everything else before. Huh, artwork. Interesting. Where's the words?
2: <laughs> I like that there's
0: there's
1: some sort of angry,
0: angry ape on the front. Maybe a niffle?
2: Maybe a giant fuzzy gruen.
1: Swole <laughs> Gruin. Not so fuzzy anymore.
2: Uh-uh. Alright, before we wrap up this week's episode, let's let's do a, a short announcement.
1: Yes. We are planning on doing a community Ask sanctimonious questions episode. So if anybody out there has any questions, do you want to ask any of us three? Um, go ahead and submit those on our Discord, submit them via Twitter, submit them via snail mail. I don't care how they're submitted, Facebook.
2: Still checking that from time to time?
1: Yeah, so just, you know, if you want to ask questions of us, we might do a community episode where we just answer a bunch of questions. We've been going for, well, it's not quite a year, but we're getting pretty close to the year point. So if there's anything you want to know about us, any questions about keyforge you want our opinions on, let us know, and we would be happy to answer those. Also, the Sanctimonious League Season 3, I think, is now into the Single Elimination Play, so good luck to those that qualified there. Um, be on the lookout. I'm thinking middle, late February. We'll start Season 4. Um, that is going to be an adaptive format again, except for we're going to switch Games 1 and 2 around. So in this format, you will be playing your opponent's deck Game 1, and then your own deck Game 2 it's just kind of to see how that works out. See if that's like a more interesting way to play adaptive.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Alex, do you have any announcements? Uh, nope. Nope. I'm
0: just, uh, you know, if you want to know about my cooking tips, how do I get <laughs> my hair styled? You can ask me that.
1: How did you make three babies?
0: <laughs> I'm literally stuck.
2: I'm like, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> something in the works we're cooking up for our patreon backers that will be open to others as well for people that want to get involved so we're going to try to announce that on the next episode uh, as always thank you so much to the patreon backers those funds are going to good use soon to help make this an even better show and help me uh maintain my sanity <laughs> in the editing portion so that's it for announcements my name jake you can find me at twitter on twitter at Jake Fried J A K E F R Y D Oh Dan over to you
1: Hey right, you can find me I'm Danis someone D A N I S S O M E 1 on uh, Twitch on Twitter on the Discord Sir Danis someone I do not know my number like Sir Alex Sir Alex uh,
0: you can find me on Discord I am the Nick of Slots hashtag #6418 uh, I also have a neat, you can email me at the nick of Slots at gmail.com. um and I'm always around on Discord so uh, drop me a line
1: Archons of the Crucible, the voice has returned, and along with the voice, the House Sanctum. We have returned in all our glory, better than ever, replacing by far the weakest house in the set. This set will be a mass mutation, a shift towards Sanctum, and the ultimate glory of House Sanctum. Now remember, in the interim, go out there and forge those
2: keys. Bang, you went in. Be gone.